We're looking at discipleship. Discipleship is that lifelong process that begins when we become a disciple. When we are born again, we're saved, we begin to follow Jesus. We have now been uh, placed into the kingdom of God. We become one of his disciples, one of his learners. And now for the rest of our life, we learn what it is to be like Jesus, that discipleship. So tonight we want to look at learning from the Holy Spirit. We've looked at learning from God the Father, looked at learning from God, from Jesus, and now we look at learning from the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, we begin verse 23, and looking at how we learn to be a disciple, how we learn discipleship from the Holy Spirit. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. So it's real clear to us that if we love Jesus, we're going to obey what he tells us to do. We're going to look at what he says. We're going to look at what he's teaching all we got to do is read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We saw what he taught. And if we love him, then we're going to do what he says to do. On the other hand, he says, my father will love him. We will come to him and we'll make our home with him. So as we're loving Jesus, learning from Jesus, seeing what he taught us and teaches us every day, then the father comes to us. We, meaning him, the father, son, God, father, God the father, God the son, God the Holy Spirit will come and make his home with us. And he says, on the other hand, he who does not love me will not obey my teaching. When Jesus, we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we see what Jesus teaches us, and we don't love Jesus, we're saying, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. I'm not going to follow your commands because I don't love you anyway. And so he makes it real clear as what is happening, doesn't it? These words you hear, he says, are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So Jesus is just saying, I'm saying what the Father says, and I'm just expressing his words to you. And so obedience grows out of a love for Jesus and his words. So as we grow as a disciple, as we are being discipled through a lifetime of learning from Jesus, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit, then we're learning what it is to love him. And as we love him, we obey him. And it all comes from God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But in particular, we're learning about the Holy Spirit tonight. So verse 25, all this I've spoken while still with you. So in John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, we're getting the final teachings of Jesus on the night he was crucified. <clears throat> Gathers up his disciples, they have the Passover meal out in the garden, the arrest comes, and all the events that take place. And those five chapters describe what Jesus teaches his disciples in those last moments of his life. And so he says, all this spoken while still with you, but the counselor... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. So he's just getting them ready for his departure and for the coming of the Holy Spirit, which would happen on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover. So he mentions the word here, counselor, the Holy Spirit being called the counselor. So let's make sure we understand who the counselor is, what he means by that. He means the helper. The helper will come to be with us. The comforter will come to be with us. The mediator. We use the word mediator sometimes when we're working out a problem or working out a situation between one person and another person. Those two persons can't get together and work something out, so they need a mediator, somebody who comes between them. The Holy Spirit comes between us and the Father, and he's our mediator between us and the Father, teaching and telling us what the Father wants. So the counselor will come to us, this helper, this comforter, this legal advocate. A lot of times you refer to a um, lawyer as a advocate or a legal advocate. And so 
That's what a counselor is. That's who the Holy Spirit is. <clears throat> the one who pleads our case to a judge. If you've ever been in trouble with the law, and if you've ever been arrested, and if you've ever had to go to the judge to get something taken care of with a legal problem that you ever had, you probably had a legal advocate with you, you had your counselor there, you had your lawyer there, whatever you want to call him, and he began to talk this legal term between him and the judge. Because you didn't understand, all you know is that you're being charged with some kind of uh, penalty here, and you don't know how to talk to the judge about legal matters and what it means when he says things, but the lawyer does. And so the lawyer's standing there by you, your mediator, your legal advocate, your counselor, and he says, I'm pleading the case of my client to you, judge, and he and the judge or she and the judge go back and forth, and in a little bit, you get lost about what they're talking about, and finally the lawyer turns to you and says... In plain terms, here's what's going on. In other words, you're going to jail because you're guilty. And so, no, not really. <laughs> you're getting turned loose because you're innocent, right? So the counselor is the one who pleads our case to the judge. Well, that's spiritually, that's the Holy Spirit. The counselor, the, the judge is God the Father, and our counselor, the Holy Spirit, is pleading our case to the judge, that being God. That's who, what he does. But also, ultimately, the word is this. The one who comes alongside to give aid. And in the Greek terminology, in the Greek language, the thought was this. The, the Greek language has a lot of visual pictures and, and uh, word pictures about describing the words that the Greek language uses. And that's no different than this word right here. The one who comes alongside to give aid. The word picture is this. <clears throat> you're a soldier. You're on the battlefield. And you get wounded. And so in order for you to get help, in order for you to get comfort, in order for you to get your wounds fixed up, somebody's got to come alongside you and help you out. Otherwise, you're just going to lay there and suffer. And so here comes another soldier, picks you up, helps you get up, and gets you back to the camp so that you can get help. That's the word counselor. That's the word helper, comforter, mediator, advocate, Holy Spirit. Because what the Holy Spirit does to us, we're a disciple. We're in the battlefield every day. As a Christian, we're fighting battles every day. We're fighting a battle with Satan every day. Satan comes against us in so many ways, and we look into the world in which we live, and see, we see Satan alive, very alive, in the world in which we live. And so we're fighting battles every day in this world. And sometimes in our battles, we get wounded. We get hurt. And so we need somebody to come alongside us and help us up, so-called get us back to the camp, <laughs> with God the Father, so we can get along with Him and say, Lord, I've been wounded. This has been hurting me. This has been troubling me. This has come into my life, and I need your help right now. And unless the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and gets us back to the Father, we're going to lay there and suffer because we might not call upon the Father. We might not go to Jesus and say, Lord, I've got this problem. We may try to, oh, I don't know, handle it ourselves. Not that anybody would try to do that. You've never tried to take a problem and just handle it yourself, have you? You've always gone to the Father and said, God, i got this problem, and I'm coming to you with it. <laughs> That's always our first option, isn't it? Going to the God. Usually, a lot of times, not usually, but a lot of times, some people, not all people, will try to handle it themselves first. And then, over a period of time, after getting harder and harder, more and more difficult, less and less answers, less and less issues resolved, and less problems solved, Finally, let me think. I've done everything I know to do. Let me think. What else? I guess I'll go to God with it. 
And God, we take it to God and we give it to Him and God says, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. And it all gets resolved as a result. Why didn't I think of that first? And so that's the Holy Spirit. He comes alongside us. He gives us aid and says, let's go to the Father with this. Let me help you resolve this thing going on in your life, this thing going on around you, whatever's bothering you, troubling you. That's the counselor. And so that's who Jesus said he would send to us. But the counselor of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. This counselor, this one who comes alongside you, wants to teach us all things. That is, to instruct us in a formal and an informal setting. Teaching comes in two different ways. Teaching comes, like in school, we sit at a desk and we have a teacher in front of us and the teacher teaches us teaches math and English and science and writing and reading and all those sort of things. And we learn from that teacher sitting in the classroom, writing things down, taking tests, and all the things we do in a classroom. The teacher's got it on a board and got handouts and given tests and got books. And, and that's a formal setting. But sometimes, you know, teaching comes in an informal setting, not in a classroom, not with a teacher standing in front of you with a book saying, read this, write that, add this up. But out in the world in which we live, teaching comes in so many different ways. Sometimes we have an accident, and we learn something from that. Sometimes something fell apart, and we learn something from that. Sometimes something breaks, and we learn something from that. Sometimes we lose something, we learn something from that. On and on it goes. Learning comes in so many different ways informally out in the world in which we live without a teacher just sitting down saying, here, learn this. But haven't you learned so many lessons from experience? Things that happen. Somebody tried to tell you, now don't do that, but we did it anyway, and we learned a lesson as a result in an informal setting. Or somebody said, now do this, and we didn't do that, and then we learned from an informal setting, from experience, oh, now I see what mama meant. Now I see what daddy meant, or whoever it else was that said to do something. So teaching comes in all kind of forms, but the Holy Spirit teaches us in that formal way. The Holy Spirit will teach us Maybe you read your Bible, I don't know, every day or every week. Or maybe you read a daily devotional. Or maybe you read something else of, of God's in some way. Or you're listening to music. However God speaks to you through his different ways of speaking, through the Bible, daily devotion, music, whatever it may be. And we're learning formally. The Holy Spirit's teaching us. Here's words. Here's sentences. Here's books. Here's <clears throat> study guides. Here's worksheets, whatever it may be, and the Holy Spirit's teaching us formally. But sometimes the Holy Spirit teaches us informally. We're driving down the road. Somebody cuts us off in traffic. Now what do we do? No, we don't do that. <laughs> We're going somewhere, and somebody trips us. What do we do? No, we don't do that. You know, we go to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I need some help right now. This happened, that happened, and I need you to show me what to do, how to act, how to react. What do I do now? And the Holy Spirit comes to us. The Holy Spirit begins to teach us. The Holy Spirit begins to bring to recall something we read last night in our daily devotional. Whatever it may be, but the Holy Spirit teaching us in formal ways and informal ways. Why? In order to understand all things about the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus is especially mentioned again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so the Holy Spirit comes to us formally and informally and teaches us about the person of Jesus. Who was he? What did he do? Why did he come? What was his purpose in life, walking on earth? 
uh, what was he like early in the ministry? Why did he call disciples? You know, all kind of things about the person of Jesus, who he was while he walked on earth. But not only that, the Holy Spirit teaches us about the work of Jesus. Why did he walk on the water to the boat? Why did he get in the boat and calm the sea? Why did he feed the 5,000? Why did he meet the woman at the well? You know, on and on you go with all these things that he did, working, uh, carrying out the will of the Father. What was he showing as a result of that, teaching in an informal way? What did they learn by him walking on the water? What did they learn by him uh, feeding the 5,000? All these other things he did. And so the Holy Spirit's teaching us about the person of Jesus, who he was, his purpose, but also the work of Jesus. Why did he do that? Why didn't he do this? And the Holy Spirit's the one teaching us all things about the person of Jesus and the work of Jesus. But not only that, said he teaches us about the uh, teach all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Remind you of everything I've said to you. Have you ever known something and then one day somebody asks you a question about something and you say, I, I know what you're talking about. I know who that is. But right now, I can't remember. We were at a restaurant Thursday, Wednesday, one day this week. And see, I can't even remember what day it was now. Can you remind me what day that was? We were in Roma's. <laughs> she doesn't know either. And so, <laughs> what day? Okay. We were in a restaurant one day this past week. I know it was this past week. And, we're, and it was at lunchtime. I know that. And Thursday, okay. And so we're sitting there. We've already made our order. And a couple comes in the side door over here and comes in. And Cheryl says, the lady sees her first and smiles and says hi. And then comes on around me and takes her hands, puts it on my shoulders and says, hey, how are you today? I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm fine. We're good. And then takes her hands off and walks along. And her husband's coming in behind her and says, said the kids are coming. They'll be here soon. And goes over there and sits down. And her first question is, who's that? And my answer was, I don't know. And, and I didn't. I mean, I just sat there and I'd look over at him a little bit, try to glance at him and try to get a trigger of some kind of thought here. And I, I don't know. I can't, I don't know. can't think. But she said the key word, the kids will be here soon. And so we said, maybe the kids, when we see the kids, are going to remind us who she is. And sure enough, the kids came in. The, the daughter and two grandchildren came in. And immediately we knew who they were. And so, you know, it just had to have some kind of reminder there, some kind of trigger there to make it hit right up here somehow that, yeah, of course I know who this is. And so that's the way it is with Jesus. The Holy Spirit has to come along to our mind and remind us of everything Jesus has already said to us. And so we read his word through, his, through the written word here, through a devotional, through music or some way, and we learn things all of the times through, since we've been a disciple and following and we're learning about God, Jesus, church, Bible, and all that. And then one day, it's like, I know it's God's trying to, what, you know, we just can't quite get it. We, we just need a reminder. The Holy Spirit works in our minds to help us recall and think about everything we've already learned from Jesus. It's in those reminders that we just go back and say, Lord, I, I learned something one day about and I just need this, and I don't know where it is. Could you just show me? Could you just point it out to me? And 
you know, we, we thumb through and we look through and we try to make, maybe it's underlined in here, maybe it's this word, that word, maybe it's the New Testament, Old Testament, I'm not sure, but God, just show me, I, I just need this right now. And he begins to bring it to our mind. He just begins to remind us. And he said, the kids will be here soon. And when we see the kids, we, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about now, Jesus. And so he reminds us, he not only teaches us, but he reminds us, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's living right here in us. And if we're born again, if we're saved, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And he's teaching us all things about the person of Jesus and the work of Jesus. And he's reminding us of everything we've already learned about Jesus. Well, he goes on then and further says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So Jesus just getting the disciples ready. I'm leaving, but something I'm going to leave with you before I go. I leave you my peace. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. So he says, I'm going to leave you peace. Okay, Jesus, what's that mean? You're going to leave us peace. Peace, mean, peace means exemption from rage and turmoil of our heart. Sometimes in our heart, we get rage. Something happened. Something took place. And boy, in our heart, we just got this rage going on. Now, we can sometimes keep a rage to ourselves, can't we? We can have rage going on in our life, and nobody around us knows it. We're just keeping it to ourselves. And sometimes our heart has turmoil going on, or sometimes there's an agitation going on. We're just agitated. You know, I can't seem to think right and act, act right and rest right and sleep right, and there's just turmoil in my heart. There's just something going on in my heart, and I don't know what it is, and it's this, and I just can't get any peace. And so Jesus says, what I want to do is exempt you from that rage in your heart, and I want to exempt you from that turmoil in your heart. I want to give you security, and I want to give you safety. Because that's a couple of things we look for in life, security and safety. We want to feel secure in a relationship, don't we? Whether it's husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, parent, child, you know, grandparent, grandparent, I mean, grandparent, grandchildren, whoever it may be, we want security in that relationship. And sometimes you've heard the term, and I've heard it many times, in my relationship right now, I feel not secure, but insecure. Now, why would anybody feel insecure in a relationship that they think there's a love relationship going on there? Why would they feel insecure about it? Any reason? You got one? Lack of trust. Heard something else. No love. No peace. And so there's one person over here thinking, I thought we had a love relationship. I thought we had a trusting relationship. I thought we had peace in this relationship. But right now, <laughs> I'm not feeling it. Something's going on here. And I just don't feel secure. And I just don't feel safe with where we are in our relationship. We hear that sometimes in relationships among people. And Jesus says, I want to give you peace. <laughs> I want to give you an exemption from this rage and turmoil in your heart. I want to give you security. And I, want to find, I want to give you safety. And he says, you know what? I'm the only one that can do it. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. He says the world can't give us peace. This world can't give us peace. I mean, it can't give us exemption from rage in our heart. It can't give us exemption from turmoil in our heart. It can't give us security and safety. I mean, every day something changes about the world. 
little bit worse every day, seems like. And so we can't find peace in this world. We can only find it in that relationship with Jesus. So Holy Spirit gives us that peace with God, and He gives us the peace of God. So kind of a little play on words there, isn't it? Well, what's this? Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, <clears throat> in order to be right with God, to, in a right relationship with God, meaning justified, we have to have faith in God through Jesus. And so we've been justified through faith. We have now peace with God. Now that we have been born again, we have been saved. We have faith in Christ that he took our sins upon himself, died for our sins, set us free from sin, and set us free to serve. Now we got peace with God. We've been wanting that peace with God for many, many years, but we haven't had it. Now that I'm saved, I've got it. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Shared the brief story this morning with our Sunday school class that I taught. And um, I've shared it with you before. Before I got saved, in those final weeks leading up to my salvation, I was searching, I was looking, I was miserable, I was upset, I, I was looking, I didn't know what was missing, but something's missing. And, and it's just all kind of coming together in those final few weeks of my before I got saved. And one night, uh, you remember the story, I went to Emmanuel Baptist Church late at night, 12, 1, 2 o'clock, door, front doors open, <laughs> unlocked, and I walk in there and sit down, scared to death when I get in there. You would think, boy, sit down in the middle of church when I'm going through turmoil in my life, and I've got all these problems in my life, and I'm searching for God. I don't know what's missing in my life, but something is. I ought to be able to walk into church at night, day, anytime, sit down, and just feel the peace of God all over me. I didn't. Because <laughs> I didn't have peace with God. And so I was miserable. I was in turmoil. I was agitated. I didn't know what was missing, but I knew something was. And I couldn't figure it out. But it sure wasn't any peace with God at that time in my life. And a few weeks later it was. But until I was justified through my faith in Christ, I had no peace with God. But once we're born again, once we're saved... Jesus Christ lives in us. Now we have peace with God. But not only that, we have the peace of God. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds across Jesus. So when we have the peace of God, and we go to him in prayer and say, Lord, I've got this problem about whatever, and I'm bringing it to you. I bring all my burdens and trials and turmoils and all that to you. And I just need to give it to you and let you handle it, work on it fix it, whatever you need to do. And in the meantime, just give me peace. And he says, okay, I will. But you got to give me the burdens so I can give you the peace. And so we get the peace of God. And it transcends all understanding. I mean, we don't understand exactly how all that happens. We just know it does because we've done it before. We've taken that trial, that burden, that trouble to God and said, Lord, here it is. And then within... A short time, we feel that peace. Wow, God, thank you. <laughs> Much better. Because He guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So, the world's unable to give us peace with God. The world is unable to give us the peace of God. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Only the Holy Spirit living in us can do that for us. So, therefore, as a result, fear of death and the fear of future are removed from us as we trust Him. As a Christian, as a born-again person, as, as somebody following Jesus, as the Holy Spirit lives in us, we have no fear of death, do we? Death can come at any time, and, and we're okay with that. 
It doesn't matter if it's tonight or if it's tomorrow or whatever. We have no fear of it because we know where we're going. We know we're in good shape with Jesus. We know we're born again. And we know that he's waiting for us, building us a place in heaven. And when he gets through with it, he'll just come get us. And when he gets through with it and come gets us, we're, we're okay with that. So we have no fear of death. We have no fear of the future. Um, I know we hear all kinds of stuff about, you know, stuff they're going to do in, with the climate, stuff they want to do with government, stuff that, you know, all this kind of things go on every day. And boy, it's just unnerving sometimes, you know, what's going to happen to finances and money and climate and, and gas stoves and, and all this sort of thing. And, and, you know, we can just worry ourselves to death over it. We can watch enough news to where we just get down and we get depressed and we get upset and we get uh, take something to throw at the TV or whatever because we're looking at the future and it just looks so <laughs> what but that's removed when we trust Jesus because all we're doing is say Lord you know what this is not my home <laughs> this isn't home we're just passing through we're just a pilgrim a traveler just passing through getting to the other side and in order to get to the other side called heaven we go through a door, and that door is called death. That's all we're doing. We're just walking through here. We're just here for a short time. Eternity is in heaven. So therefore, we're trusting him. So we're not troubled. We're not afraid. Because Jesus said, I give you the peace with me, and I give you the peace of me. And so therefore, he said, don't be troubled. Don't be agitated. Don't be disturbed. Don't be stirred up in your heart. He said, trust me. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Don't be lacking courage. He said, trust me. And so all of our life is we're born again. We're saved. We're going through this discipleship process. Here's all these things to sum it all up tonight. Learning from the Holy Spirit. That's where we all began. What did we learn from the Holy Spirit? To love God. Holy Spirit teaches us how to love God. You know, sometimes we don't know how to love. You ever seen that? You, we just don't know how to love the right kind of way, do we, sometimes? How do we learn how to love? Holy Spirit. Well, what about loving God? Learn from the Holy Spirit. We learn to obey God from the Holy Spirit living in us. He teaches us how to obey Him. We learn about the person of Jesus. Who was Jesus? What was His purpose in life? Why was He here? We learn from the Holy Spirit about that. How do we learn about the work of Jesus? Holy Spirit teaches us. What did Jesus do? Why did He do this? Why did He do that? Holy Spirit's teaching us. Holy Spirit's learn teaching us to recall and think about Jesus. I'm trying to think of something that I learned recently, and I don't know what it was, but I, I know it's there close. God, what was that? Would you show me the Holy Spirit? And when the, we learn it, we recall it, but not only that, we think about it. Oh, I know. I got it now. Let me think about that a little more. And the Holy Spirit is doing that teaching to us. See, we're, we're learning how to have peace with God. We learn how to have peace with God through the Holy Spirit living in us. The Holy Spirit is just teaching us, here's how you have peace with God. We're learning to have the peace of God. God, I just need peace in my life right now from this or that or the other. The Holy Spirit teaches us how to have that peace. We learn not to be troubled in our heart. We learn not to be agitated and disturbed and stirred up in our heart that we can get sometimes. And, you know, something happens, we just get stirred up about it. We learn not to be troubled, stirred up through the Holy Spirit living in us. And we learn not to be afraid in our heart. We learn not to be fearful and lack courage. We learn to be able to go through things and push through things and, and get to the other side of things and work through all this that happens in our life and looking at the future and looking at what's going on around us and 
How do we learn not to be afraid? <laughs> Holy Spirit teaches us. It's all through our discipleship days, from the time we're born again to the time we die, the Holy Spirit's teaching us all these things. <laughs> Are we learning tonight? Are we growing tonight? Are we becoming more like Jesus tonight?